last night on Brady's uh, podcast with Jim Gray. He did say, I'm not looking to come out of retirement, but never say never. Now, here's something to go along with according to uh, recent speculation um, around the Brady family. Uh, apparently, Brady and supermodel wife Giselle Bunchen are not on good terms and could be possibly heading towards a divorce. Divorce. This may be the main reason why Brady had decided to retire, because if he didn't, then the couple could have separated. Uh, according to sources connected with the family, Giselle was disappointed after Brady left New England and went to the Bucks because she thought he was done. Then he did it again and played another season after the Bucks won the Super Bowl. So definitely something to think about. Uh, if Tom and Giselle get a divorce, I would expect Brady uh, coming out of retirement, but the relationship sticks, then I would say he stays in retirement. All right, moving on to the next biggest story of last Tuesday, which was Brian Flores suing the NFL, the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins, and the Denver Broncos for alleged racism in hiring. Also for accusing Dolphins owner Stephen Ross for paying him for tanking games. Joining the lawsuit was former Browns head coach Hugh Jackson accusing the Browns of paying him to tank games during the 2016-17 seasons. Well, just as you think things, uh, just as you think things couldn't get any worse for Roger Goodell in the NFL within the past week, it comes out this weekend that Deflategate has made a return. That's right, Deflategate. You remember that thing that sidelined Brady for four uh, four weeks? Yeah, that thing. Well, listen to this. According to a new book that has come out, the NFL initially spread information that uh, sparked Deflategate and later hid data that undermined their allegations against the Patriots. So basically, you know, was there something going on? I'd say definitely. But should have Brady got four games? No. Okay, so we'll see where this goes from there if it does. But something interesting how this comes out a week after Brady's retirement. More happening around the NFL is that all NFL, all nine NFL head coaching vacancies have now been filled. The Chicago Bears head coach is Matt uh, Eberflus. The Broncos head coach is Nathaniel Hackett. Giants is Brian DeBall. The Raiders is Josh McDaniels. The Vikings is Kevin O'Connell. The Jaguars is Doug Peterson. The Dolphins is Mike McDaniel. The Texans is uh, Lovey Smith. And the Saints' next head coach is Dennis Allen. As far as the Patriots' offensive corner vacancy goes, um, they haven't signed anybody as offensive coordinator, but they have uh, just, uh, just came out within the last hour or so that they did sign... Um, um, Joe Judge um, as an offensive assistant, if you will. And um, the word around is that the Patriots might not be signing um, anybody as the offensive coordinator and that Joe Judge, Joe Judge might just run things as the position that he is at right now. Um, in more news around the NFL for trade talks, Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyle Murray has unfollowed the Cardinals on all social media and has deleted all pictures on the social media platform regarding the Cardinals. So not to read into anything, but definitely something to take into consideration. 
More trade talk, which is something I've been reporting even before the NFC Championship game, is the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has most likely played his last game for the 49ers and is going to be looking to play somewhere else next year where he can win it all. Happening this past Sunday was the Pro Bowl, and I normally wouldn't talk about this, but it seems like Mac Jones is getting more and more comfortable within the NFL, running the ball for a 71-yard touchdown and then hitting the gritty dance in the end zone. Mac Jones did have to say uh, while being interviewed that he is going to try and eat healthier in the next year or so moving forward. So we'll have to see how he looks uh, when he shows up to training camp this summer. Wrapping up this past weekend's events uh, with a story about New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara getting arrested after the Pro Bowl game on Sunday. However, what is really interesting is the incident happened Saturday morning, but the report came in Saturday night around 5 p.m. So evidently, Las Vegas police allowed him to play the game and then arrested him after the game. So, I mean... Just another thing to, to just talk about and and all that stuff to just go go along with it. Um, all right, moving moving past the past and moving into the future. This week it is Super Bowl week in Los Angeles, where it'll be Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Los Angeles Rams. As reported last week, even though the Rams are playing in their home stadium, SoFi, they are actually not the home team because it is the AFC's year to be the home team. The Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals arrived in LA just before 3.30 today, 12.30 Pacific time. Media day was yesterday but on via zoom all right well you might be wondering what my thoughts are on this one what are the picks of the week so here they are listen closely Bengals money line plus four in under 48 and a half there you go Bengals money line plus four spread and under the 48 and a half All right, that's enough of the NFL. Moving into the NBA and the Boston Celtics. They have been on a roll lately, winning five straight games in a row, beating the Hornets last Wednesday night, 113-107, the Pistons 102-93, and the Magic 116-83. The Seas will play the Brooklyn Nets tonight, the Nuggets on Friday, and the Hawks on Sunday. They are currently in eighth place of the Eastern Conference, but are only four and a half games back before the first place or behind, excuse me, the first place Miami Heat. In other news around the NBA, the Indiana Pacers are trading uh, Domus Sabonis and Jeremy Lamb to the Sacramento Kings for Tyrese Hilburden, Buddy Hield, and Tristan Thompson. A trade that hasn't been done yet is the Portland Trailblazers and the New Orleans Pelicans are in serious discussions on a trade centered on guard C.J. McCollum. The Celtics are yet to make any moves as we speak and probably will not, in my opinion, as the trade deadline is this Thursday, February 10th. Moving on to the NHL and the Boston Bruins. Well, first with a Tuka Rask update, he hadn't played in the four games before the All-Star break. And yesterday, head coach Bruce Cassidy announced that Rask will not be practicing this week and will be reevaluated next week regarding his health and where he is at. For now, we'll be up to Linus Almark and Jeremy Swayman to keep the pucks out of the net, who have been really showing uh, their tight, close relationship in the last few days uh, or weeks, if you will, after every win doing a dance together at the end of the game, showing the chemistry they have between each other. And just yesterday during practice, having a quick moment with each other on the ice before practice started. So I definitely like that relationship there and be more than happy uh, with that relationship moving forward. I've said this before. I'll say it again. Rask, retire. 
And if you like Boston that much and you still love hockey that much, become a, a goalie coach, okay? But keep Swayman, keep Elmark. And just going off that a little more, you know, the, the situation that Boston has with Elmark and Swayman is what I wish the Patriots had with Jones and a possible veteran, right? So Jeremy Swayman plays. He has Linus Elmark to lean back on. Elmark can, you know, give him positivity, give him motivation, keep his head up, give him that advice. Mac Jones doesn't have that, okay? I don't care what you say about Brian Hoyer. He's not that guy. I, I mean, Christ. So, you know, just something to keep, you know, keep keep in mind, if you will. Uh, as far as games uh, go, though, well, like I said, they had their All-Star break this past week or so, and something to take note of is Patrice Bergeron took part in the All-Star week activities, and something to take note of is his whole family was there to cheer him on, something that might be a sign that this might indeed be his last year in the NHL before he hangs up the skates. Uh, a possible, uh, possible, very interesting offseason setting up for the Bees if Rask and Bergeron both retire. Looking at the week ahead for the Bruins, while well, the Bees are going to be taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight at home, the Hurricanes on Thursday night, and the Senators on Saturday night. The Bruins will start off the second half of the year in fourth place behind the Maple Leafs, Lightning, and the Panthers in first place. But like the Celtics, even though it seems far away from first place, it's actually closer than it looks. So exciting times happening, uh, happening here in Boston with this second half of the season. Uh, coming up. Moving on to what is usually the start of the PGA Tour season um, is the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. It happened this past weekend where uh, Jordan Spieth really gave the tournament away. He really should have really should have won that one. Um, However, in an unbelievable um, you know story uh, with Tom Hodge uh, you know winning that and so congratulations to him and you know we'll see we'll see where things go um uh, forward. So, all right, that's it. I'm going to open up the phone lines. 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. You're listening to Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. All right, Derwin, what's going on? How you doing, my friend? Doing good. Hey, man, the NFL is in trouble. Oh, big time. Big time. Number, and number I don't one. know if you heard my opening statement, but so this whole thing about Flores and stuff like that and, and tanking games, right? And then all of a sudden this Deflategate thing coming coming up the last few days. Not a good look. I, no, and, and, and you know you know something? It's like it's like the, the Patriots are successful and they went after them and had no basis for going after them. I mean, it was even said Troy Vincent was the leak that leaked it to Chris Mortensen. And they go out and they say, all the teams had this, what was it, a PSI or whatever it was. I don't even know because I'm tired of hearing about the story. We all knew that, either, number one, it was all the same, same pressure or whatever that everybody was doing. Number two, people were getting tired of the Patriots of winning, so they wanted to try to bring them down. Boy, did they fail because look what yeah. happened after all this. Tom Brady has the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history and wins another one. And wins a seventh one, different team, of course. But, you know, they're just it, – it, it, it's ridiculous. You know, and it reminds me of of so of the high school I went to, CM, and Bill Hanson is one of the greatest high school hockey coaches the state has ever seen. When the MIAA got on his case and suspended him for a season because he was supposedly holding an uh, off-season camp, which it wasn't an off-season camp. It was misquoted in the Boston Globe. But, again – because he won 17 state titles in 26 years. This is what happens. 
They try to go after the winners because nobody wants to go after them. I wonder if people when the Yankees were winning their 27 World Series titles, if everybody went after them, you know, yeah. at a certain point. Not around for Boston, of course, you know. Right. But the other thing, too, is that this whole thing with, you know, it, it's an unfortunate what's going on with Brian Flores and all that. And, and really, that text, I'm glad it came out because it shed, it shed light on stuff. The Rooney rule is, is, is not taken seriously by anybody. It's not even enforced really by the NFL. Correct. I mean, it, basically, it's just saying that, that, you know, Mr. Rooney, God rest his soul, from the Pittsburgh Steelers brought it up, and kudos to him for doing that. It's important because there are a lot of coaches of color who are phenomenal coordinators that would make phenomenal head coaches. You know, and even and even guys that you know won the Super Bowl, like look at Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy was one of my favorite, other than Belichick, one of my favorite coaches growing up, and he won a Super Bowl, and he was awesome. And then you get guys, you know, and I still think Brian Flores deserves a shot. And I think they're right. I think the only reason he didn't get the Texans head coaching job was because of the lawsuit against the NFL, and Lovey Smith got it because they wanted to say, look what we did. We hired a, a coach of color, and it's really bad that we're in this we're in this situation. It really is, but. They, the, the NFL now needs to do some real soul searching to be like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? You know, because I think the only way they're going to lose fans is fans boycott the games. But I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think people are going to, you know, I don't think some people know the severity of what is happening here, along with tanking the games here. And if you, and if you recall from, you know, what the Saints and Sean Payton did, the former Saints head coach, where the bounty gate, where he'd pay, you know, a player a bonus if they, had a bounty and it, and it earned him a one-year suspension. So I don't know what they're going to do with Stephen Ross. I don't know if, if Goodell's going to going to find him like he did with Kraft. And here's the other thing for Deflategate now. Do the Patriots now get their $1 million back and their draft picks back? Because they it was should. now was found out that Deflategate. I, I agree. I think they should. They should. But unfortunately, un- unfortunately, Brady's not getting the four games back. You can never take those four games no. back. But you know what? I'll say this. I don't want the four games back. We want a Super Bowl. That's right, better absolutely. than anything. That's better no, than four games back. That's absolutely better than anything. You are right. Going into that, speaking of image problem, Major League Baseball, I mean, listen, they get, these owners and players have to get locked in a room and not come out until – it's got to be like the conclave when they're, when they're choosing a new pope. They can't come out of this, that room until they get a deal going. This is what disgusts me about it. It's the only sport where when you sign a Major League contract, all the money's guaranteed. doesn't matter if you're hurt doesn't matter if you're if if you decide to be like Manny Ramirez and just say hey I want to take the day off you know whatever but you know and and here's the thing and and they're in there some of the owners are complaining about about money and all that the owners are the ones giving out these big contracts to Trout to Betts to these players I'm not saying they don't deserve it but listen it's not going to be too long before there's a billionaire player I mean the 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 Denver Broncos right now the projection is they're Pat Boland's trust they're going to be sold for a probably in the vicinity of $3 billion, you know, which is disgusting as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's unreal that we're even at those prices. But the owners are the one that did this to themselves. And all the players are saying is, hey, let's spread the wealth around a little bit. That's all that they're saying. So both ends, I think you've got to blame both because the players are being a little greedy, even though, listen, you sign a $40 million contract, you're getting it all guaranteed. You sign an NFL contract, maybe $20 million of it is guaranteed, you know? So they got to sit in a room. They're not going to come out and, and give them, give them, feed them whatever they want and, and work out a deal here. You've got a lot of fans like me, you, like yourself, that love going to a game. But if you remember the 94 strike when they lost the World Series and all that, that had an effect on it. And if they didn't change the playoff format, 
this is what saved baseball then. The Yankees and Red Sox being able to play postseason against each other. So they're going to have to do something now to win the fans back. It's, it's disgusting, but that's what's going to happen. Well, the thing, the thing is, is like, in my opinion, the fans have never been, like, like the fans have been declining ever since, right? It, it's been, I mean, yep. I mean, for Christ's sake, uh, the Red Sox have to give out student nines. And, and listen, student nines is a great thing, great way to get kids to go. Yep. But, you know, if it, like, you know, if it's a big game, there usually aren't student nines. Now, all of a sudden, yep. you have the Yankees coming into town and they're student nines. What's that yep. tell you? I think it's a great thing. You know, you know, it's a good way to get the young crowd into the games. But it just goes to show where the interest is at. And now they're yep. willing to postpone, you know, the season, you know, parts of the season, push it back, possibly have less games. You're already losing interest as it is, and you're going to lose right. more interest. I mean, yeah. I remember when I was younger, spring training used to be a big deal. It used to be a big thing. People used to go down to Florida. It used to be fun. It used to be something people did during, you know, February school vacation, whatever it was. Yep. Now that doesn't happen anymore. It's nope. just not nope. a thing. Nope. It's non-existent. Yep. So, you know, it's... It's, it's sad. It's it sad. is. And Absolutely. Is, is that baseball is, and, and I think it's a great sport, they're losing kids, young boys and, and girls, they're losing, they're losing them to lacrosse now. You know, and that's, what, that's what's happening because you're seeing the lacrosse numbers skyrocket because, you know, that's, that's where, they're, where they're going to because of speed of playing because of, you know, with baseball. But then it's also because of this, this imaging problem where there's just, the, it's the G word, it's greed. It's yep. just greed. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. You and I and everybody else would love to sign a $40 million contract. But then I would think in my mind, you know what? I, I've got to, you know, this is setting me for life. What can I do? How can I give back? How can I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's my mindset right now looking at Well, it. no, but, but, but even how about this? Like, you know, you talk about this with, you know, with, uh, with MLB and, and how the money's guaranteed and such. But you have, you know, guys like Manny, uh, Manny Ramirez saying, okay, I'm not playing today. Okay, right? Same right. thing happens with the NBA and... I'd say yep. less with the NHL, but more with, I, I'd say, between the NBA and, and MLB. And it might be the M- yep. NBA more than it is the MLB. But yep. how about for Christmas? How about the parents that get their kids tickets to go to the, this sporting event to go see LeBron James, to go see Jason yep. Tatum, to go see Jalen Brown, and then they don't play? Their hearts yep. are crushed. Don't get me wrong. Going to a sporting event is an amazing experience, but... You want to go to see that special player. You want to go and see your special player. And then all of a sudden you find out last minute that they're not playing because they're taking the day off. Come on. Yeah, I'm with you. It's just, it is, it is, it, it is. You never, even when we, when we were growing up, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than you, but I'm saying like, even when, you know, you, you never heard that, you know, you, you absolutely never, ever heard that. It was never like that people were going to play. Maybe they got a day off one time or another, but let's look at Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken didn't have a day off in 17 years, I think it was, you know? And now he's got the, he's got, he's got the record for most consecutive games. But it's just the kind of the day and age that we're in now, my friend, unfortunately. Closing thought, you know, Super Bowl is going to be good Sunday. I hope the Bengals win it. I, I'm not going to be upset if the Rams do, but I just like those, you know, those underdog teams winning it. So we'll see what happens. But last point, 
NFL and Major League Baseball have an image problem, and they got to get it fixed or else they're going to be in trouble. So good to talk to you, my friend. I'll talk to you sometime again. All right. Thanks, Derwin. All right, so there you have it. There's uh, Derwin with some uh, good takes across the, uh, you know, NFL uh, and MLB mostly, you know, sum it down, uh, but with, with some other comments with uh, with some other uh, sports as well. All right, so 978-301-6877. We're 21 minutes into the show. You're listening to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. All right, so let me uh, dig into this. Uh, you know, back to the uh, the top of the of the segments with this whole Tom Brady thing. Um, you know, why would he ever say never say never? Right? That really just you know plays with your head. It really just plays with your head. And I truly believe he's done. Um, but with the recent speculation uh, about the marriage between him and Giselle Bunchen not going so well. I can so see this happening. I can so see this playing out. They get a divorce and Tom comes back. And as a matter of fact, I believe the only reason why Tom is retired is because he had to try and save the marriage. And if he didn't retire, then the marriage would have been gone. And so now there might be a, I don't know, 50, 75% shot that he's able to save the marriage. But over the last few years, he's been playing head games with Giselle, saying, okay, this is it, this is it, this is it. He starts off retiring as the Patriots, or not retiring as the Patriots, but leaving New England. And then all of a sudden, and, and you know, from what I've heard, Giselle thought that that was it for him. He was done. He was going to retire. And then all of a sudden, she finds out that he's going to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So then she's like, okay. And then he wins the Super Bowl that year and I think she said you know this has to be it right like this is it and she even you know there's there's a clip of her actually saying it uh, on you know on uh, whatchamacallit on you know after the Super Bowl you know what else you know what else do you need to prove in my mind nothing uh, unless you just want to keep playing that you know you know proving that you can play at all these different ages. So anyways, you know, what else do you need to prove? And I think she thought that, okay, like that was, that was going to be it. You know, he won the Super Bowl. This is it. You know, he, he was able to win without Bill Belichick. He proved what he had to prove. And then he comes back this year. And I, I don't know. I just think that was almost, I would say that was like almost the icing on the cake for Giselle with this whole relationship thing. Uh, you know, it's been out that they've had to go to marriage counseling, etc. So, listen, you know, coming coming from me, coming from my heart, I really hope that um, everything is able to, you know, work out for them and that they're in a healthy relationship and they can, you know, get, you know, be back to where they were, you know, when they first met, uh, deeply in love. Uh, but, you know, because, you know, you want that for the family. You want that for the family. You want that for the kids. Um, and so, but if not, if things do go bad and, and they do separate, I would not be surprised at all if Brady comes out of retirement. Um, 
So something definitely to definitely to think about. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And and with him saying the never say never thing, that does leave the door open. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know regarding that um, that whole situation. As far as Gronk is concerned, um, he's always said that he'll never play with another quarterback besides Tom Brady. However, um, I think, you know, there was an interview last week with him and um, or he came out with a statement basically and, and just saying that, you know, he's going to take the next, you know, so much time uh, to gather his thoughts, if you will. Uh, and, you know, that he knows that he said, you know, I won't play for another quarterback besides Tom Brady. But it seems like he now might be open um, to that situation, playing for another quarterback. All right, let me go to Matt in Rhode Island. Matt, what's going on? Hey, Harrison, what's going on today? Not much, my man. A lot of stuff. You know, we have this, uh, you know, the whole Brian Flores thing happening last week, and uh, now all nine coaching vacancies in the NFL uh, full uh, and then the Tom Brady thing, you know, last night on the uh, podcast with Jim Gray saying, you know, I don't plan to come out of retirement, but never say never. So obviously leaving the door open to that. And, you know, speculation from what I hear is that things might not be going so well with him and Giselle. So if things don't go well with with him and Giselle and they separate, then we might see Brady back in action. Well, I think that's an interesting point. Um, what we kind of heard all throughout his retirement decision that it was all kind of what his family wanted, not really what he wanted anymore. Correct. Um, it was more a family choice, and I don't know how much of it was true, but with, with uh, Giselle saying, is it a Tom day or a family day during training and all that stuff. Um, so, th- so that would definitely be interesting. I saw his comments yesterday on my podcast, and that would be insane if he actually did end up coming back for an age 46 season or whatever whatever year he did come back. Um, so that'd be interesting, but um, we did. I just want him to enjoy retirement. That's the least we could do or he could do uh, for all he's given to the sport of football, especially New England. Um, hopefully all is well on that front with him and Giselle and his family. Um, and if he does come back, that'd be a hell of a story, I'll tell you that. No, absolutely. And the thing is, it's like, and, and you can't doubt Tom Brady, but, you know, Coming back after retirement, after a year off, it can't be good. And, um, you know, so right, we'll, we, right. it, we'll see. It would not be a good look, but that's for sure. Right. Um, but, yeah, we'll see how that goes. But I did want to ask you, um, it, honest, now, now the Patriots season's over, we've had a couple of weeks to reflect on it. Yep. Um, with the Super Bowl coming up, would you, would you rather have played the Bengals than the Bills team in the first round? Bengals and um no and in fact I think and and of course I don't know what I exactly said because it could go either way I think I believe I said the Bills and the only reason why yeah. I said the Bills is because we have gone to Buffalo before and yeah. we have beaten them in Buffalo so I felt more comfortable with the Bills compared to you know Cincinnati um right However, um, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it in time, but I was able to do uh, a poll on my on my Twitter page, and I forget, you know, what the exact numbers were. Um, but you know, I basically asked the people, 
you know, who do you want to see um, the Patriots play? Do you want to see yep. the um, do do you want to see them play the Bills or do you want to see them play the Cincinnati Bengals? And from the poll results, everybody wanted to see the um, them play the Bengals. Yeah. So, in fact, so I have it right here. Uh, Fifty nine point three percent of the of the vote uh, said Pats first versus Cincinnati. Only forty point seven percent got Pats versus uh, Buffalo. So. Yeah, I think it's interesting because obviously it's all hypotheticals now, right? Where it's we lose by thirty at Buffalo, and then you think, well, what if if we go to Cincinnati, and we know Bill's reputation coaching as a second year head coach and a second year quarterback. Uh, historically, he's done well against them. But now that team's in the Super Bowl, so you, you just don't know how that would really play out. And and to be honest, I I would still want to play the Bengals. I, I I just don't. I just uh, the the Bills just tore us up. Obviously, they scored a touchdown in every possession. But I, I just feel like I'm not saying we would win the game, but we I don't think we'd lose by 30. And considering that the Bengals just got and not not to take anything away from them they went into Arrowhead and the Tennessee and beat both those teams but they barely got by Las Vegas in the first round um so I just feel like we would have had a much better chance there but um obviously Bengals have played well enough to make it to the Super Bowl I don't know if they're gonna win this weekend but um it would sure be a hell of a story for Joe Burrow no absolutely it'll be a great story and a lot of people are were saying, you know, I, I think I heard it on, on a radio show, is if Joe Burrow wins, is he the best, you know, uh, quarterback, if you will, you know, in the AFC? And I'm sorry, but I just don't think he is. I, I don't think that means that he's the best quarterback in the AFC. I, I think there's a yeah, lot I mean, better quarterbacks in the AFC than, than Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think if Joe Burrow wins, I think you got to put Mahomes. So I mean, of them. he you gains credit. You know, he gains credibility. Don't get me wrong. Oh, for sure. But yeah. is he the best now? Absolutely not. Yeah, I think I think there's that clear tier where it's the Allen and Mahomes, and then I think they're going to run the AFC for a long time. But I think if Joe Burrow does pull this out, we have to probably put him in that second tier. And if if he if he sustains success and keeps Cincinnati on top then we probably have to start talking about it being in that range. But I think you're right where if we don't we don't just jump to that conclusion right away, um, I think that would be a little bit premature. And if he went to Super Bowl, obviously it's a ginormous deal. But to go right Absolutely. to saying he's the best AFC is crazy. You can say top five. Yeah. You can say top yeah, five. And the top five is very loosey-goosey as far as where you place everybody. I mean, I don't know. Do you place – you know, is Patrick Mahomes first? I, I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Does he really own? Does he still? You know, does Patrick Mahomes still own the AFC after that loss? I don't know. I wasn't impressed yeah. with him this year at all, and and just no, I, for that in general, I wasn't impressed with the Chiefs at all this year. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think that Josh Allen has really closed the gap um, on Mahomes. He has Mahomes, as, as you said, he did not play well this year. His, his turnover numbers were way up. His decision-making was awful. Um, so I, I don't think there's that big of a gap between quarterbacks. Like, like you said, the top five can intertwine. Um, but I would say Burroughs probably, if he wins this, anywhere from five to three, in my opinion, in the AFC. Yep, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, and then just to touch on the Celtics real quick and their trade talks um, and their rumors. And just real um, quick uh, – 
37 minutes ago coming from ESPN. Bradley Beal plans to undergo season-ending surgery on his left mm. wrist. And so he was somebody that was in, you know, possible right. trade talk. So now uh, that right. comes up and, you know, I don't know. Um, let me just give you a take well, on the Celtics or at least what I think. I don't I don't think the Celtics are going to make any moves. Do I think they have to or they maybe not have to, but, you know, should they? Absolutely they should. You know, but is probably Brad Stevens sitting up there in his office saying, Oh, you know, we're four and you know we're in eighth place of the Eastern Conference. We're four and a half games back uh, of the Miami Heat first place team. You know why? You know why? Why mix things up while we're starting to gel now? But I just don't. This team's not going to win anything. We're not winning the NBA Finals with this team. I don't even know if we're winning the East with this thing. So, go go ahead with your take as as far as you know the Celtics and and trade trade rumors because they only have until Thursday to do something. Yeah, so you make a couple of good points there where it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling where the Celtics are only four and a half games back of the first seed in the East, and they've been awful this year, just awful. Yep. Besides this, beside the recent, whatever, five or six-game win streak they've been on, they've been awful. Um, and that Bradley Beal point you bring up is an interesting one, too, where um, maybe we don't trade for him this year, but he opts out of his contract at the end of the season, and then Tatum recruits him, and they somehow do a sign-and-trade where they match money and get him here somehow. So I think him being out for the rest of the season actually helps the Celtics where if Bia were to stay uh, in Washington, if he'd be healthy and play the rest of this year in somehow, some way, Washington makes a huge run and gets to the, I'm not saying it would happen, but if he makes a huge run and gets to like the second or third round of the playoffs, Beal might want to stay there in Washington. Um, so I think that that's, that, that's an interesting dynamic um, or twist that came out today, which I think does help the Celtics if he did want to leave Washington in the long run. Um, but but in the current with this uh, trade deadline coming up, I think from what I see online, I think Schroeder's going to get moved. Huh. I, I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know if it's gonna be for anything big. It could just be for like a very limited role player. Um, but I think um, Schroeder will be moved. But uh, like you said, I don't think it's going to be any moves that's going to wow people and make you think that this team's going to go places because they're not. Um, I think it's going to be very minis- very miniature move. Well, put it this way, Matt. I- I've said this before, but you know, whenever the person that you're trading is the one that is making the headlines, is never a good thing. You want the person that you're getting right. making the headlines. Right, and that's a very good point. Um, and I think that's what Celtics are kind of at a crossroads now, where they they want to get that third star to be with Tatum and Brown, but at the same time, they don't even know if Tatum and Brown work together. So it's it's very, very interesting um, how it's going to go. I, I only say they're going to move Schroeder because he's on an expiring contract, so at least they get something for him. Because Schroeder has said openly that this past offseason was awful for him and that he just signed with Boston because it was the best like, spot at the time. But he turned down like a four-year, $80 million deal with the Lakers before um, in midseason last year. Um, so that's obviously what he wants. He's chasing money, and I don't blame him. Um, but we're not going to sign them long-term. I'd, I'd be 99% sure of that. So I think they want to get something for him now before he walks, which is smart. But I just, I'd, like you said, I don't think it's going to be that big name where you want to be the people or you want to be the team that gets all the headlines saying we acquired this player. I just don't think it's going to be that way. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. So um, we'll see what happens. Real, real quick, I don't know if you want to wrap it up or not, but give me a little um, 30-second thing on your uh, Brian Bulldogs uh, men's basketball team, how they're doing. Yeah, for sure. They're, um, 
they're playing some great basketball right now. They're uh, second in the uh, conference right now behind Wagner. Wagner is playing unbelievable. Yeah, they're they like are. 16-2. And twelve and zero in conference, um, but we're right there. We're eleven and one in conference, one game back. Um, and Wagner actually just lost their second best player to a knee injury for the rest of the season, so that's huge for us. Um, we had a huge road trip last weekend where we had we we're missing our two best players, um, and we still pull out two Ws. So it's fantastic. It seems like we're seems like we're meshing at the right time. Uh, we play Wagner the last game of the season here in Smithfield, so that's wow. going to be the biggest game. Talk of the about season. a biggest game of the season, yeah! Wow. Yeah. And in fact, so uh, yeah, as far as Merrimack is concerned, um, you know they we play Wagner on uh, on Saturday at Wagner, so maybe we can uh, maybe we can help you Bulldogs out a little bit since we can't make the playoffs either way. We've been waiting for some team to help us. We hope it'll be you guys. We're uh, yeah. waiting for the first team to beat them. Hopefully, it definitely is you guys. Nah, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, they have, like, uh, I think it's eight games left. So, coming down to the yeah, it's, uh, it's the final stretch. Left. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, hopefully, one of those teams can pull it out. Hopefully, it's Merrimack and uh, Brian can go dancing and avenge for uh, last year's loss in the finals. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I really do. I hope that for you. And, you know, you... Uh, you said it back in the back in I don't know if I'd say it was back in the fall, maybe not the summer. They you know, watch out for the bulldogs. Yeah, it, it took them a little while to get going, um, but they're going now. That's for sure. They won I think I think it's nine in a row or ten in a row or something wow. like that. What great momentum, um, huh? Yeah, so hopefully we can keep that momentum going. Uh, we got a couple more road games and a homestand to close it out. So hopefully we can uh, capitalize and uh, get to that Wagner game with only one loss and hopefully take that one seed from them for uh, home court for the playoffs. Yeah, that'd be great. It would be definitely be huge, but uh, we'll see what happens. Um, big win for Duke this weekend over UNC as well. You know, a big Duke guy. Oh, yeah, Even huge, huge, time, but... huge Duke guy right here. Huge Duke guy. Yeah, yeah, that is for sure. But uh, thanks for taking my call today. We had a good conversation. Uh, great show as always. Look forward uh, to the next one. All right, of course. Thanks as always, Matt. All right. Yep. All right, so there's uh, Matt from Rhode Island for you with some interesting takes uh, with the NBA, the NFL, and a little uh, college basketball update uh, with his very own Bryant Bulldogs. And then, of course, with the upset uh, with the, and I don't know if you'd call it an upset. I don't really know the rankings, but, um, you know, Duke. Uh, taking down North Carolina, which is always uh, always a big thing. All right, 20 minutes left here on the show, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. can talk about whatever you want. Uh, Patriots, Celtics, Bruins, Celtics trade talk. Whatever you want to do, call in 978-301-6877. All right, and so just um, <clears throat> picking more about, you know, I guess I'll say we'll go to, uh, let's go to the NFL and we'll talk about um, talk about as far as like this whole like deflate gate coming back into, into wraps. Um, and this is something that, you know, Derwin uh, was talking about, you know, you know what's going on. This is not a good time for the NFL by any means. Between the whole coaching thing, and now with the Deflate Gate thing, you know how much credibility uh, does the NFL has have? 
Well, he's not Ray from Methuen today. He's Ray from Vineland, New Jersey. Ray, what's going on? Hey, it's a beautiful day down here on the uh, coast of Jersey. Well, sort of like the coast, a little inland. But uh, listen, where did you get this conspiracy th- uh, theory that Brady and Giselle are splitting if he didn't uh, quit football? I think that's written all over the whiteboard, to tell you the truth, Ray. I think... Um, that's always been written all over the the uh, the, the the whiteboard. I, I mean, it's just it's been it's been there. It's always been known that you know Giselle doesn't want him to play. Giselle doesn't like New England. Every year was a different story, on and on. I mean, even even this even this year with the uh, you know with the the um, um, the man in the arena, um, you know the whole the whole thing with her saying you know she hates seeing him. You know, get hit. You know, it hurts her and and, and such. Well, yeah, I, Giselle. You know, she doesn't. She listen. She. I'm pretty sure she's done. She's done taking the hit for the family. Okay, she's done being the you know, the actual consistent parent, if you will. Okay. She wants well, a husband in her life. She wants a father for her kids, and she wants a father for herself. You know, to be a role model, to pick the kids up from school or play in the yard with the kids. You know, there's, uh, you know, something I think Seth Wickersham said, you know, Giselle used to ask Tom, is it going to be a family day or is it going to be a Tom day? Oh, well. So I listen, I, I, I really do think still. that the writing is all over the whiteboard. And I think the reason why Brady retired isn't because his body, isn't because anything, you know, even before I was saying he was just ready, right? This was, this was him coming to, you know, tuition with it, if you will, that, you know, this is it, that, you know, he's, he's happy. He's okay retiring right now. Oh, um, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. He's, so, he's his money. but listen, this is you what know. I'm going to say at this point right now, I might be retracting those statements and saying he, he had to retire because if he didn't retire, he wouldn't have a wife right now. Okay, we'll see. Okay, so I think he had to retire to try and salvage the relationship and the marriage for his family, for his kids, and for Giselle. And okay, we'll, with we'll today see. and with last night's comments uh, on the podcast with Jim Gray saying that, you know, I'm not planning to come out of retirement, but never say never. Well, I'm not planning on getting divorced, but who knows? So all I'm saying is, is that if these speculation is true that Giselle and and Brady are not on good terms and you know they've gone to marriage counseling etc you know there's been evidence well, there's there's has it has it has there 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 are things out there saying that they have gone to marriage counseling in fact they might have even came out themselves saying that whether it was this well, yeah, year or years before yeah. but it seems like Tom keeps playing mind games with her you know, with the whole, you know, in New England, when Tom announced he wasn't coming back, my understanding is that she thought it was done. That was it for him. He was going to retire. He was going to come home. He was going to be a husband and he was going to be a father. And then all of a sudden he announces that he is going to be, he's, he's going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Okay. All right. So then all of a sudden he wins the Super Bowl. It's documented that... In the Super Bowl, after the Super Bowl, there's, you can hear Giselle saying, what more do you want? 
you know, what more do you need to accomplish, Tom? You have proven, you know, what more do you need to approve? You have, you have played with Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. You've set all time t- kinds of records. You've won six Super Bowls. And now you've came on your own. You've came to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you've done it on your own to win seven Super Bowl rings and titles. What more do you need to prove, Tommy? And what does he well, do? He comes back for another season. For me, I thought that was the icing on the cake as far as the relationship is concerned and the marriage. So it seems like probably now, probably right now, they're probably doing marriage counseling and all that stuff. And listen, from me being a personal person, from coming from my heart, I really hope everything works out for their family and for their kids. But I'll say this. If they do get a divorce, expect Tom Brady back in the NFL. Okay. Not, not as a player. He'll be too old. Oh no! As a player, he'll be too old. If this uh, if this divorce happens, listen, it's when it's it's within the next year or two, and and he comes back. Mark my words. Well, let's let's get on to the Super Bowl. Are you are you glad you got me all worked up? You got me all fired up. Oh goodness, goodness! All right, on to the Super Bowl. On to the Super Bowl. Who do you like? Well, I don't know if you heard my opening statement. <clears throat> I heard parts of it. But I'll refer back to it. So I'm on the record multiple times uh, saying this, and, you know, just so everybody knows. I have the Bengals money line, Bengals spread plus four, and under 48 and a half. So there's my picks. There's your picks, the Bengals, huh? Yeah, it's going to be a t- I like them. I mean, how many times, you know, the, the Rams have gone on the Super Bowl two out of the last four years, I believe? Any Super Bowl titles now? So I don't. I don't know. I just you know maybe they need a mix up. Well, yeah, but that's it's like this. It's well, like the Celtics have, uh, going to the Eastern Conference Finals every well, year and just losing. They, uh, you know, they came. Okay, they they brought in Matt Stafford. I, uh, I mean, Stafford is a good quarterback. I, I don't think he's uh, on the uh, same uh, playing playing plane as. Uh, Guys like Mahomes, or uh, maybe even uh, maybe even Burrows. The, I mean, you know, I, I think they're they're probably. I think Burrows is a little better. But I think I'd give the edge to the defense of uh, of the Rams, though, to uh, to, to uh, contain Burrows, contain uh, their running game. I think it's going to be a very close, entertaining game, and I, I'm looking uh, probably because of the defense, because of Donald uh, and uh, his reputation. You like the you like the forty eight and a half under. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. I do. All right. I don't think it's going to be that uh, that uh, wide open. More of like a ten to seven, fourteen to ten type thing. Uh, no, I I think it might be probably twenty four seventeen. It could be twenty four ten in that uh, that range. Okay, but I think it'll be an entertaining game, and that's a, that's all as fans we really want. Um, you know, uh, unless you have big big money on it, uh, which I'm sure Vegas is very happy because there is big money on it. But uh, other than that, you know, I'd, I'd like to. See I'd like to see, and I and I will. I'm sure we will see a very entertaining game. Yeah, I so I I, I, I agree. I hope I hope we do. I hope we do. It's not, you know, I won't lie. I feel like the, 
you know, the Super Bowl this year is kind of low-key, right? There's not a lot of noise about it. Um, no, another thing, they say the uh, the weather out there, it's going to be, uh, it could be in the 90s. What? Because they're in the middle of a heat wave out in Los Angeles. So they think it may be, or uh, maybe one of the hottest Super Bowls ever, or uh, it'll be uh, probably coming second as wow uh, the heat is concerned. So that's going to have a... That's going to have a, a, a an effect on some of these people. It might might have an effect on on the Cincinnati people because they're coming from. Well, Cincinnati isn't exactly uh, warm, Massachusetts. But, but listen, but but, but here's a that, uh, here here's something yeah. here's something to think about, and it might have been the the Bills um, Patriots game that, or or maybe not, but it was something that you know. The team that that played in the heat, so it wasn't the Bills Patriots, but the team that oh, played, it, whatever it was. Yeah, okay, so Miami, for example. That, thank you. Pats versus Miami. Patriots right. players didn't have oxygen masks on. Miami Dolphins, on the other hand, they had oxygen masks on. So, I mean, listen, who knows what, what, what might happen? Maybe the Bengals have the itch. Well, you don't know. You don't know. You know, but you say, you know, with the four, with the four, with the four point spread, you give the Bengals, you know, I mean, excuse me, the the Rams, you know, if you take away the, and I, and so that's that's interesting. I haven't really looked thought about that, but I was going to say home field advantage. Um, so you say the Rams do have the home field advantage, even though they're not home, but they're playing at home. Um, so right. you, you know, you give them the three points, three point spread for that, uh, and then you give. You know, one point above that. So basically, Vegas is saying that um, it's a the Ra- it's a one it's a one point game favored to the Rams. Right. right. So. Okay, Harrison, you have a good show. Uh, enjoyed talking to you, and only time will tell whether Giselle and Tom are splits. Phil, have a good one. All right, see you, Ray. All right, so there's uh, Ray uh, from Vineland, New Jersey today. Not Ray from Methuen, Ray from Vineland, New Jersey with the tick. All right, 10 minutes left here on the show, 978-301-6877. That's 978-301-6877. Feel free to call in uh, with a take about anything. You can talk about Celtics, uh, NBA trade rumors. Uh, trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th, coming up in two days. Uh, and then uh, also the Boston Bruins uh, starting up the second half of the uh, season tonight. Tuka Rask uh, not practicing, not not uh, competing or participating in anything this week. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at a marked return for Rask at this point because you get, say, you know, you give him time to come back on the ice. I'd say absolutely send him to Providence to get some games in, and then maybe in March you give him a shot. But at that point, you know, Swayman and um, and Almark will have even more um, more of a relationship and better uh, chemistry than they do right now. And why would you ever want to break them up? I mean, that just brings when you see a dance like that, and you see two two players on the same team, um, you know, come together like that. You never want to break it up. You never want to break it up, and and so it'd be very disappointing to to see Bruce Cassidy say, "Hey, we're you know we're bringing Tuca back." I don't think that's the move by any means. Time for Tuca to retire, hang up the skates, and I'd be more than happy with Tuca coming back 
as a um, you know as a goalie coach uh, for the Bruins. Okay, so that's you know I'd like to leave that that door open for him. Like I said earlier on the show, I really like the relationship and the chemistry between uh, Elmark and Swayman. Swayman's a young kid. Elmark, a veteran. So um, you know Swayman plays these games. You know he might come off the ice uh, during a during a timeout or media timeout or uh, dur- you know between periods. He might not be all optimistic, you know, saying they might be down two nothing, for example, even one nothing. You know, who knows? Um, but you know, with that, it's just, you know, it's something that you know, having Elmark, having a veteran on the bench, it's definitely something. It's definitely an advantage by any means. You know, it's definitely an advantage because you know Elmark can pick Swayman's head up and be like, "Hey, buddy, you know, keep your head up, think positive, right?" Think positive. It's you know one period at a time, one shot at a time. You got to leave that in the past. And transitioning that into the Patriots situation with Mac Jones, I would like the Patriots to get somebody comparable to that because I think Mac Jones really, really needs that. I think he really, really, you know, needs that veteran. Um you know, there for him to kind of just, you know, hey, Mac, like, you know, keep your head up. It's, you know, one snap of a time, one snap at a time, one play at a time. You got to leave, you know, that interception in the past, that bad throw in the past. You got to look forward. And I think he does just a lot of, you know, hanging his head. And so I really, I really don't like that about him. I really like him as a, as a player, but I really think he kind of hangs on to that negativity um, you know, a little too much. Um, last week, last week, and and for a month before that, uh, there was a lot of talk about what Michigan head coach Jim Howbow uh, would do. Um, it turns out that he actually went to the uh, he he had that meeting on Wednesday with the uh, Minnesota Vikings for the head coaching uh, position. And I think the meeting was like seven hours, seven and a half hours long, long meeting. Um, you know, don't quote me on the exact time, uh, but ended up calling Michigan, calling the school right after the meeting and saying, I'll be back next year. So, you know, there you have that. There you have that. Um, you know, other stuff um, that, you know, is it's not floating around, but still possible speculation um, is, you know, the whole thing with the Broncos hiring the Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, as their next head coach as part of a bigger plan to try and get Aaron Rodgers to Denver, uh, where he already has ties through his fiance Shailene Wood, um, Woodley, who lives in Denver um, from time to time. So see about that. Um, and then we talk about Jimmy Garoppolo and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo not being happy uh, with the 49ers. So where he might end up, well, you know, definitely look for that uh, possible, um, you know, reunion uh, between Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels uh, over there for the Raiders. And if not, could see him going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Roger from Salem, go ahead. Hey, a couple of minutes left. Yeah, a couple uh, of minutes left. I'll squeeze you that. in. Mac Jones, what did you think of his performance this weekend? And as far as his personality, uh, did he show you a little bit more, or a lot more, uh, just at the at the Pro Bowl? I think the biggest takeaway from that is is you see how comfortable he is running the offense. And I think it came down to like two minutes or something like that, and he wanted to run the two minute offense, and it kind of just shows 
I think how comfortable he's now getting. You know, he's now a year into his NFL career, and you know, he's just you know he's a lot more comfortable, right? Um, you know, you say practice, 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 and you know, experience, and you know, you get better, you get more comfortable. Um, and I just think that's where he's at. And I, I, I honestly liked him, you know, going into uh, going into the end zone after that seventy-one yard run. Uh, and and dancing, doing the gritty. I mean, that's great. It shows yep. him kind of relaxed, enjoying life, and, and and enjoying where he's at. And you know, after a hard, tough, uh, tough played season, you know, you play the Pro Bowl, and you know, it's a little, you know, it's a lot more relaxed, as a matter of fact. Uh, but you know, you have some fun with it. And and I think at the end of the day, you know, whatever you're doing in life, you have to be able to put that aside, or and still do that, and and be able to have some fun with it. Because if you can't, then you know, maybe you shouldn't be in that industry, but I like I like I like seeing Mac Jones perform on on Sunday. I like it. I like where he's at. Uh, you know, with his headspace, etc. And uh, I'm excited for the years to come with him. Well, so totally agree with that. And you know, for those that are, um, you know, he's too worried and straight laced, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, give the guy a chance. As you said, it's only his first year. So I, I I think he's going to blossom. That's my take. No, absolutely. And and something I just talked about too is I'd like to see somebody, um, you know, and you know, to compare it to the Bruins situation with Jeremy Swayman and Linus Elmark. I'd like to see that type of relationship, that type of chemistry, for some to bring somebody in for Mac Jones. So Mac Jones has a veteran that he can lean on when he might not throw a good pass, when he might throw an interception, when he might go three and out, to have somebody that's going to pick him up on the bench, keep his head up, and think positively. He doesn't have that person right now, and I think the only way to get him uh, better from where he's at right now is by getting him that person, because obviously Brian Hoyer uh, isn't that person. Well, I agree again, but but uh, well, let's see what happens with the with the new offensive coordinator. Maybe that'll make a a big change, a big difference. In, Careful there; they're not demeanor. calling they're not calling him the offensive coordinator, offensive assistant. We might not have an offensive uh, coordinator well, this year. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> All right, thanks for calling in, Roger. All right, take care. Thanks. Bye. All right, so there's uh, Roger from uh, Salem for you. And before I leave you real quick, uh, coming out uh, on Monday with the, you know, yesterday with the uh, with the media day, uh, Super Bowl week media day, Odell Beckham Jr. saying that he interviewed and, and had a conversation with Bill Belichick on the phone back in back in the fall. And he was very, very close to coming to the Patriots, saying that if it was three years ago, he would have been there, a.k.a. if Tom was still there. He would have been here. That's going to do it for me today on this Tuesday, February 8th. Have a great week, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody as well. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And as always, I'd like to thank all my um, all my, all my listeners and, and supporters and everybody calling in. This show wouldn't be what it is without you. So thank you and good night. You've been listening to The Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, Mondays at 5, only on Methuen Community Studios.